Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Blind Argument with Davinia sitting over there and... Ryan. Sitting over here. Welcome along. We hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes of The Blind Argument. And don't forget, if you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a topic you'd like us to talk about, all you need to do is drop us a line at uh, info at visibility.com.au. That's I-N-F-O at visibility.com.au. Davinia, what are we going to try, debate, argue or thrash out today? Uh, We are going to talk today about accessibility. So after Ryan has defined for us what accessibility really means, I want us to talk about what it's like when something is inaccessible to us. And I think in particular, I want to talk about the really minute details of when something looks looks like it could be accessible or seems like it's going to be and then a little part of it just falls apart and then as a result it's not accessible. So we're going to talk about what that's like on a feeling level and what we can do about it. Why do I have to get the hard job of describing what accessibility is? Because you are so articulate. So take it away. What is it? <laughs> uh, well, for, I'm going to look, this is from my own point of view, my own opinion, okay? For me, accessibility is on all levels. It doesn't just mean can I access that printed page or not or can I access that website. It, for me, is also about can I get into that building? Mm-hmm. Can I find the restaurant? Can I um, access their menu? Can I do some online banking or something? Can I you know, find what I need in the supermarket? Can I get to my local hardware store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, you know, is is that travel accessible to me? So to me, accessibility is very wide so and ranging. Broad. It is so broad. Yes, yeah, very, it's very basic- broad. And it can mean anything in life, really. It's, it's basically for me the question of can I be included in this thing? Yeah, exactly. So my thought though is I think sometimes we can go too far with accessibility as well and we can actually end up turning something right around so that we make it so inclusive that it actually excludes us. Ooh, for example? Don't ask me for examples. I'm not thinking straight yet. But let's talk about how to deal with um, some of this uh, accessibility and how it makes us feel when we can't be included. Oh, look, I must admit, this is one of those things where so much of my cool, calm demeanour comes under threat. I can get really, really angry and really fired up when something isn't accessible. And I'm certainly not suggesting that that's a great way to deal with it. Probably um, one of the worst, but I'm really, really passionate about about things being accessible for us. See, so I get a little bit more just, um, I don't get so fired up. I just get a little bit more disappointed. Mm. You know, and then an example I can give you is that, um, you know, your water time is at home for uh, retic and yep. you know for your gardens and things like that so um, we found this great online device that we could use so you plug mm-hmm. it in you get it all hooked up to your network at home and all that sort of stuff and yeah sure I hadn't done really any research into it it was just someone came along one day and said hey look this is a really good unit you should mm-hmm. get one and so we did and then I got all excited downloaded the app on my phone connected it all up and I could go through the login stage everything like that mm-hmm. and that's where it stopped. Uh, what can you do? I, there's what nothing. Are you well, yeah, well, I can't. Mm. I've always got to give my phone over to someone else now to change the times or to fix things up. Or I've got to ask my sister and remind her, you know, each week, which is really frustrating that I've got to remind my sister, you know, can you fix this for us or can mm. you do that for us? You know, we live in the house together, but it's frustrating in the sense of it's a pain having to remind her. But then again, I think, for, you know, in her deci- uh, her position, how would you feel having to be reminded each week? Because, you know, we're all living busy busy lives. 
Absolutely. So it must, it must suck for her to have to be reminded by, mm. you know, me each week, oh, can you fix that water timer? Can you change it again? You know, Absolutely. So. And as someone who often gets told by Ryan to do something, it is extremely frustrating to have you telling us what to do. It It's one of those things where if we can do something independently, it really helps us to feel so much better about ourselves and just so much more capable. So accessibility on all levels is really very, very important. And that's a great example where watering the garden is just a really simple, necessary task, but we just might get excluded from that. So what did you do about it? I've thought to myself about uh, emailing the company to Mm -hmm. get them to fix their app up because it's probably just um, something as simple as not labelling the right buttons. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, you know, Davinia, I live in such a fast-paced world, Mm -hmm. I don't have the time. I really don't have the five seconds to sit down to email that company to make it Mm. easier for me and better for me. So do you know what? I'm quite happy with the way it is now, and I'll just remind her when I need to at this point. Okay, but is this you as well just having a bit of a shout-out to industry to please think of these things? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, I mean, look, it would be nice when they do. And sometimes I have been known, you know, there was a particular online grocery site. Do you reckon we can mention it? Yeah, I reckon we can. Go on. Coles, fantastic. Now, there was a time when they weren't so good, but now... I've given them quite a bit of feedback because it's quite relevant. It's there when you're finished putting your order in, you know, and it comes back with an email, you know, can we do anything better? I've let them know that I was quite happy with their um, website, the way it was right. built and okay. how easy it is to get around and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Told them something about their opposition that wasn't so good and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Hey, I got a $10 credit. Oh, a credit. Yeah. And the company got a little warm, fuzzy feeling they did, that yeah. they're, they're making things accessible. Yeah. And then, of course, you're more likely just to... Oh. Um, well, I spent loyal. my 10 bucks with yeah. them and I've stayed with them because it's easier because yeah. I know everything off um, by heart. But now, mm-hmm. they have changed a few things of late and I have let them know. So mm-hmm. it's not a case of I'm always lazy when it comes to <laughs> wanting accessibility. It's just that because it's there and I know it and I, I know where it is, you know, or it's easy access for me to get to mm-hmm. their, their feedback. Whereas this other one with the ordering system, I'm going to have to go look up their website. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to do some research. I'm going to have to go through the website, try and find it. And if it's not accessible, on my phone. Well, it's probably more, you know, not accessible on the line. So it's just a case of, you know, look, it's a problem I'll whinge so, about but not done anything about. So you haven't done anything about it yet, no. but I would really encourage everybody just to give feedback, whether something's accessible oh, or whether it's not. Let's just start to give people a mm. bit of feedback and let them know that it's important that we're included. I've got a little bit of a frustrating example to share actually around transport where I was um, in a city recently, not Perth, and I was catching a train somewhere and I was using my travel pass. Uh, so it's a WA travel pass. I was travelling outside of WA uh, and I couldn't get through the barrier gates uh, because they needed to be manned and they weren't. And I suspect that the strategy that this particular transport authority was was suspecting is that you would wave a guard over and beckon them to come over and let you through the gates. That's really difficult when you can't see. So that's an example for me of where they're trying to make the transport transport accessible by giving you a travel pass that's going to get you through the gates. But unless there's someone there looking at you, identifying that, yeah, okay, you're not going to be able to see where I am to beckon you over to let you through the gates, then you're going to be stuck for quite some time on the other side of the gates. It was one of those things where I actually ended up having to say to someone, hi, I'm vision impaired. Can you please catch the eye of that transport guard 
beckon them over so that they could come to me, so they could let me through the gates. A little bit frustrating because really would would have preferred to have done that myself. That's back to the uh, independence versus seeking assistance. It is. We've just um, linked ourselves nicely <laughs> to the previous episode segue. if you want to um, um, hear about that. Unfortunately, you've opened up a big, big can of worms there mm. because the WA, well, from what I understand, travel pass is not necessarily always accepted in some of those eastern states. Which is an interesting places. point so it's, because yeah, I'm just as vision know, impaired yeah, um, know, in other states as I am here. Oh, so again, you know, we need a nationwide law or something, you know what I mean? Like let's that, think but, um, about those things as well. Because again, once again, that's going to prevent accessibility if they aren't thinking, okay, vision impaired and blind mm. people are probably going to travel, move around. They're going to be just as blind in one state as they are in the next. Well, that's true. The other way, uh, or the other thing I think about with accessibility is when people do something to make it look or feel accessible, mm-hmm. but they don't really put much thought into it. So, for example, at uh, my local train station, the Gosnells train station, mm-hmm. we've got some lovely tactiles there mm-hmm. that walk me straight into a wall. <laughs> right in the middle of the wall. Like, you, I'm you sorry couldn't, to laugh. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> I sort like, of I mean, want to see that They happen. are directional ones, okay? So okay. if you had to follow them, they walk you straight into a wall. Mm-hmm. So obviously, clearly, there's been no thought put into mm. where they need to really go because if they actually moved them about three metres to the left of where they are, mm-hmm. they would actually walk you straight through the opening on or the exit of the station, mm-hmm. you know, where you'd come in and out. So obviously, someone's gone, oh, yeah, oh, don't forget we've got to put directional pavers in here. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. do that. And someone's just put them in without no thought. It's all been signed off and now they walk you into a wall. So please, So what's people- the point? Be more thoughtful. The money that was wasted on purchasing them, Mm. getting them put in, and they're no use. Very, very frustrating. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. You know, I mean, about all I use them for now is to, you know, once I cross them, I go, oh, yeah, I've got about four or five steps Mm. and then I can turn right. Now I know where the wall is. Yeah, I know where where not to walk (laughs) and it's the direction that they're guiding me. (laughs) But I can echo like out off that wall anyway, so (laughs) I don't really need them. Okay. Um, Yeah, but if you don't have Ryan's special skills, that's really, really frustrating. And I guess as you can probably hear from the way we're talking about this, anger, frustration, disappointment, really, really common. I guess what I think what we're both suggesting is do something something with that emotion and communicate with it. But do you find, Ryan, that sometimes people actually go the other way and go, well, okay, I'm not going to go out. Okay, I'm not included in this this world, this society. I am just going to kind of keep it small and keep it home. Oh, of course. I, I come across uh, people like that all the time um, in my field of work. Have but you I ever been like that? Have you ever sort of, okay, throw your hands up in the air, I'm not going to um, go out and about because this is too hard? Uh, possibly only once, and that was going back to about 2010, I think, early, early days, 2010, mm. when um, you couldn't order taxis uh, on the phone, mm-hmm. and my I think I'd, my mobile phone had died, mm. and I couldn't get a taxi, and I really wanted to go out you know, somewhere that night. I tried to do it online, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't accessible, didn't work, so I just spat the dummy and mm-hmm. sent an email to my friends and said, look, you know, I can't. I can't get there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going. I've had enough. Yep. Staying at home, it's nine o'clock. Mind you, it was winter mm. and it was cold and wet. And I was like, <laughs> I just <laughs> want to stay home. I can't be bothered now. It had sort of put a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, you know. Yeah. But, but hey, it was, you know, if I'd only had a home phone and if I'd only mm. had a mobile phone that worked, you know, and it was my fault that the phone was broken. So I don't know. Sometimes you've got to take a bit of ownership on mm-hmm. that accessibility issue too. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's not always the world's fault. 
Absolutely. So we've talked there about some two quite broad examples being doing our shopping, transport, I guess workplace accessibility is something that people often come up against as well. And maybe we can touch on that a little bit in a moment. But I think it's also interesting, those more informal examples of inaccessibility. Socially, quite often, things might end up being inaccessible and they might be inaccessible within your friendship group. They could be inaccessible amongst your family. Can you speak to that at all, Ryan? Um, oh, I'm struggling with this one, Davinia. Okay. I'm so, not sure what you, you mean. Okay. Um, so I guess, you know, sometimes you get invited to something, nobody offers to give you a lift, the party is like out in the sticks somewhere, it's in the middle of the bush, you're not going to know where the bathroom is, you've kind of got to catch a bus from where one bus drops you off and you've got to get to the next one and you're not quite sure how to do it. So whilst there might be some broad infrastructure, sometimes when things are a little bit off the beaten track and a little bit more random and maybe involve people that you know who might not be thinking of your needs or perhaps you're not communicating Mm. them very well, things can pretty quickly become quite inaccessible. They can be, but then I, you know, this is contradicting what I said earlier, Mm. um, whereas, you know, with my watering system, I couldn't be bothered. Whereas this one, I mean, because I'm a very socially driven person, Mm. I won't look at it that way. I will actually start to problem solve Mm. and go, well, actually, if I go a little bit earlier or a day earlier or whatever like that, I can go with that person or do Mm. this or do that person. And, you know, for me personally, I'm not afraid to stand up at a party or something like that and ask for where's the bathroom or where's this, where's that, where's... I do understand that there are other people that would, you know, they'd find it quite confronting to stand up and ask where is the bathroom or where is, you know, where do I go to get the food and that sort of thing, whereas... I used to be like that maybe when I was a lot younger, but mm. now these days I've, I've realised that, you know, well, look, if you just want to get on with life, you, you're going to have to do some of those confronting things that are yeah. rather embarrassing. And I, I, it takes time, mm. you know, and that once again goes back to that, um, you know, independence versus seeking help. I mean, mm. you know, if you want to become independent like that sort of stuff at a party and go to that party or the wedding or the mm. play or the school disco or whatever you're doing, you know, sometimes you do have to just ask for that help. So um, you're kind of making your own accessibility. I am. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have to. I'm going to say it's not easy all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be difficult, but Mm. if you want to make your world accessible, you can't always rely on everybody else. Absolutely. I think you've got to put effort in too. Yeah. Look, I, I agree. I think this is one point where I've noticed that sometimes Ryan and I differ slightly. I think you're particularly an I don't really want to give you a compliment, but I'm going to. You're, you're <laughs> particularly good at, at putting yourself out there and asking for what you need. I'm but glad we're those, recording this. But for those people, for those people who aren't, I would really like it if government and industry and actually just our people around us could also step up and try and make things accessible on our behalf when they can. And that might be offering lifts, offering an arm, just asking a few more questions, saying, you know, did you want a plus one to this? Because that might make it a little easier for you to attend. You know, should we we meet up when the light's a bit better rather than when it's dark? Because that's going to make things slightly trickier for you. A few of those little things. See, my point on there, though, is this is, we might actually get into a real argument here. Oh, good. My point there (laughs) is, not everybody knows what our condition is. Not everybody knows... Can they ask some questions? ...how much you can see or how much you can't see. But what happens if they feel a little bit confronted about asking questions? Get past it. Just ask. 
Well, what happens if I say that to you, though, the next time that you need to, you know, find out where the toilet is or something like that, and you can't, you can't ask because you're too shy and mm. too embarrassed, is that mm-hmm. not the same? I guess it is, and I suppose that brings us back to perhaps it is our responsibility as well to be approachable and to give people information about our needs so that they can, when necessary, step forward and meet them. I guess we don't always want, well, again, you're pretty better at this than I do, don't always want to talk about our vision impairment or our blindness, but if we do, people are going to be more knowledgeable. Absolutely, but then it takes a little bit of guts, you know, to stand up and talk about our vision impairment to people, especially Mm. friends that are new friends, you know, that you you don't really know that well, you've met them through other people, et cetera, et cetera, you know, mm. it's not always easy for some people to mm. explain what they need and what they don't need. And like I say, it's a two-way street because it's sometimes not easy, I believe, for those people to come forward and ask mm. because they don't want to upset you. They mm. don't want to appear to be too nosy. They don't want to appear to belittle you or anything like that. So you probably find a lot of the times you're both standing there. One wants to ask, one wants to tell, but mm. neither wants to put their foot forward first. Okay. So... You know, it can be a challenging area, accessibility. Mm. It really can. You know, sometimes there is no simple solution. But more Um, talking will help. Oh, absolutely, yes. More talking will help. And And thinking of others, more empathising, more putting yourself in other people's positions. And that's that's for us as the vision-impaired and blind community, but also for the people around us. That's right. You know, and if you're designing websites, designing a business, designing an office. Please think of us because then we will buy more stuff from you. Yeah, designing a shop, all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. You know, designing a new building. You know, think about the accessible ways people might need to access that. And when I say people, think of how many different people there are in this world. Mm -hmm. You know, and even you know, we haven't even touched on the fact that which language do you use for your accessibility? How many times have you picked up a document and read it and you just think, what in earth is this person trying to say? Mm. You know, so sometimes break it down into the simple English. Absolutely. Um, you know, you don't look that good if you produce something that no one can read, really. Mm. I don't think so mm. anyway. Yes, good mm. point, Ryan. Mm. Have we made sense today? I I think we have, and regardless of whether we have or not, I think we better stop talking. No. Great. Shall we leave it there? We should. Anyway, this has been another episode of The Blind Argument. We almost argued today. Almost. Uh, we're getting there. We're building felt, up to it. I felt like I wanted to argue, so any minute now, it's gonna, <laughs> it, it, my wrath is going to well, come Well, look, out. you do me a favour. You go off and make me a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, you, you do make you make a fine tea, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget, if people want to get in touch with us, they all they need to do is email info at visibility.com. and uh, we'll have a chat about uh, whatever you want to talk about we'd really like your suggestions Mm, thank you okay